I'm not paying for um, you know, I'm falling out of bridge or falling off the bridge, <laughs> and like Captain Marvel saves me, and then she's like, "All right, that's twenty dollars." Like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> now, see, why'd you have to say Captain Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. She will let me fall. <laughs> see, <laughs> no, she was she would save you. You know, and stand there and remind you that she did it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Another Relaunch. Another Relaunch. I am Keenan here with LZ. Yo, yo, yo. And we've had a very eventful comic book week. Not even just comic, just news and everything. So we got lots of stuff to discuss today. So um, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get started. Let's get into the books of the week. So um, the first book on my list is Black Widow number two now. I will admit I did not get a chance to read it. I did pull it. Um, it's just still sitting on my pile. So did you get a chance to read it? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I uh, really enjoyed it. It's written by Kelly Thompson mm-hmm. uh, with art by Elena Casgreta and the colors by Jordi Valer. Okay. And I, I, yeah, he's really good. Um, I also really enjoyed the art too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you and I talked about this before with this series, and it's kind of parallels to that film, A Long Kiss Goodnight, and yeah. uh, where, you know, the assassin is this kind of like suburban house mom who is, you know, starting to remember that she can kick ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, you get a little bit more with, of that uh, with, with Natasha in this series. Okay. And, however, you see more of uh hawkeye and uh winter soldier and them kind of confirming you know what is all going on here and uh hawkeye actually tries to speak with natasha and she does have any like recollection for him so like oh okay yeah so it's kind of confirmed like oh my gosh like what's really going on here with her memory Mm -hmm. uh it's 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 pretty good (laughs) I will say that. Yeah, Kelly Thompson's <laughs> Kelly Thompson's been really kicking ass in my opinion. She's been She's been super consistent of, with the, all of her titles that she's written. Yeah. Out. Yeah, she's like when when I look back and I see some of the other stuff that she's written, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I think this this she's pretty good." <laughs> I'm enjoying a lot of her stuff. Yeah, I um feel like she gets character voices really good and she's great for a just really thorough characterization, character moments. You get yeah. a great sense of the personality for whoever you're reading about. Yeah, I feel like she really kind of does, I don't know if she's just doing more research or something on these characters, because she mm-hmm. really kind of gets the the core of who they are and just kind of builds the story around that. Honestly, with her, I feel like she just gets the characters who she actually likes. You know, a lot of times... <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of writers, they get characters and they kind of feel like, okay, I like this character but i don't necessarily have any story for them i don't like them at all i just have to write them because they're a part of this book or because they've been given to me i feel like every character that kelly has written has genuinely been like this is somebody who i want to write yeah yeah and then that way she like actually enjoys writing them and kind of puts in the 
the personality behind them. Yeah, the extra effort. And I, I appreciate that about her. Um, I'm, I mean, I need to get to the second issue. I did feel a little bit of decompression from the first issue. I don't know if you felt the same, just with the art. I felt like there was a lot okay. of just the same kind of things telling the story. So did you get any of that? Uh, not so much in issue two. I kind of see okay. what you meant with um, with issue one. It was mm-hmm. kind of the I'm a I'm a big fan of the like kind of action panels um, okay. instead of the 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 big character pose in the middle and then like there being kind of some things in the background. I prefer it to kind of feel like kind of like it's animated <laughs> in a way. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I get that. Yeah, and. I think in the the second issue you get a lot more of that. Okay, all right. Okay, well I, I need to get to it. maybe I'll talk about it a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get that second issue. It's good. I know. Unrelated. Um. All right. So, um, the second book on my list. I don't know if you're reading this, but is we only find them when they're dead. I am not reading that. Is that? But I think that's by Al Ewing, right? Yes, that is correct. It's Al Ewing and Simone DeMio, and everybody knows I'm an Al Ewing fan. Um, it's a book I actually think you'd really be into. You're into like cosmic space stories, right? Oh yeah, that's my jam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this was issue two. Um, the first issue was very much all about the world. Um, so basically, what's happened is this crew has left their home planet. It has a bunch of tyrannical government it's horrible they're trying to escape but out deep in space like you know the darkness is there you don't know something's following them um so it's like very high sci-fi tension kind of think of have you ever seen prometheus yes i have yeah yes the really scott film it has that kind of like tone to it oh cool like this is totally my jam (laughs) yeah it's definitely something i feel like you would like um so again, the first issue was all about kind of just like building the world and getting to know about that. Um, the second issue was more focused on the characters, which again, is still great. Um, I think for some people, it can feel a little bit wordy because again, he's getting like really deep into these characters, like kind yeah. of early, which I appreciate to get to know them a bit more. Um, but it, it just reads really, really well. It's kind of like horror sci-fi. It's the art by Simone DeMio is really, really nice. Um, it's got this almost anime feel to it like with the colors mixed in um it's very vibrant very exciting it's all around really great book i think if that's your jam pick it up i'm gonna have to check this out this sounds exactly like i would like this a lot (laughs) it's really really good so it's like um throughout their missions because they're like trying to find resources to stay alive on a whole new planet so it's just like oh my gosh what's gonna happen it's great um all right yeah that's that one and my other book, my next book, is another book I also don't think you have, but it is American Vampire 1976. Okay, now this is not my jam. <laughs> oh, <my> gosh. <laughs> need to get it together. All right, so American Vampire <laughs> is absolutely my jam. So this series is by um, Scott Snyder and Raphael okay. Albuquerque. It is basically like, like the him. third. Yeah, it, it's really, really good. Um, he actually wrote, Stephen King wrote some stuff on the first series as well. And so basically it takes place over a few decades, this character, the vampires, obviously, and just like the rockability of the rockability, the rockability of the 50s, um, they kind of do like the 60s era in one, and then this one is now in the 70s. I can't really talk too much about what's going on if people want to read it, because it kind of spoils what happened in the beginning. 
Yeah. But this current series takes place a couple of years after the last one. And the main character, Skinner, he's like this really horrible vampire guy. Something happened to him at the end of that one. So it's like taking place after that. And they also released this beast from hell. So they have to try and find that. And it's vampires. I don't, I don't, I don't really... It, 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 this it, sounds it, like everything you would love in a comic me. right now. <laughs> it's, 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 I don't know what else to say about it. It's like, if it's a vampire thing, I'm going to read it. It just so yeah. happens that it's also very good. Um, they are like a fantastic team. And it's been like five years since the last series came out. So people have been waiting for this. I have been waiting for this. Okay. I like that. And, <laughs> but it's a good book. If you're into vampires, read it. That's all I'm going to say. It's good. Nice. That's it. Um, all right. And so um, so these next three books kind of go together. Okay. It is the big thing of the week, of course, that's been going on in comics. Marvel's big events. I don't think anyone's talking about anything else. Ten of Swords. I mean, why would they be, right? <laughs> Ten of Swords continues in three issues. It is Wolverine number six, X-Force yeah. number 13, and Marauders number 13. Now, you didn't read two of these books, did you? I did not, no. Mm. Um, I did. I dropped Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, a while ago, I think back after the second issue because okay. of the artist making some very like shitty comments about uh, sexual assault and then later making like weird uh, comments about X of Swords and I just didn't want to even support any of that. So I just mm-hmm. dropped that back then. And then he also, I guess, drew uh, X-Force. Yeah, X-Force. So yeah. X-Force, I didn't even buy that. So tell so me I- what happened. So I didn't know, so, well, first about the artist, I didn't know about his comments about, like, women and sexual harassment at first. I had seen, I had saw the comments about Ten of Swords. I didn't understand it when I saw it. Yeah. Um, so I think I just kind of grazed past it. But after these two issues came out, that's when I did see all of the stuff that was going on. I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And I was like, it's very interesting. I don't know if, like, Marvel paid attention to it or anything like that, but how they're handling it especially compared to X-Men Gold, when that artist had put the anti-Semitic stuff in the art and they like yeah. quickly removed him from the book. And it's yeah. just like, oh my gosh, I wonder if they see it or if they're just like not paying attention or they don't think it's that bad. But because the comments well, were horrible. It looks like they're getting a new artist for Wolverine and X-Force, the next two issues, actually. Oh, uh, I, think, okay. I think the... The writer who have Percy, is, I think is his last name. Benjamin Percy, yeah. Benjamin Percy, yeah. I believe mm-hmm. he actually just uh, tweeted that they, a new artist was going to be drawing, uh, Joshua Cassera was going to be drawing uh, the next two issues. Oh, okay. Joshua I'm not Cassera, sure if he's going to be staying on, like, you know, mm-hmm. continuously, but he'll be doing the next two. Okay. All right. And I enjoy Percy's writing. I think he's uh, yeah, really Percy's great. Percy's a really good writer. I like him. Well, yeah. I, I mean, Andy Cooper also drew- Cooper draws some Wolverine issues, so maybe they'll just let him do it all the time. Yeah. If he's good. Um, all right. So I mean, well, so what happened? I did read the books. Yeah. Um, and basically the issues are a two-parter story. Wolverine is basically looking for his sword. And we all know that sword. And it it's really just kind of your basic Wolverine goes to Japan story, Wolverine goes to hell story. 
Um, okay. But it's a really deep dive into Wolverine and his mindset and just where he is. And he has like this really nice talk with Krakoa about like how it was supposed to be this place that is protecting mutants and like keeping them safe. But here it is doing these things like keeping the external gate open and kind of giving way to this war. And he's like, I see you now for what you are. It's like, you really only care about yourself. So it's like, you know, I don't trust you anymore. I got to watch out for you, which I thought was a really good moment. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that, that that's one thing I'll give Percy a lot of credit for. I think he's writing one of the better Wolverines of maybe the last decade or so. I, I, I'm a huge Wolverine fan. Like I yeah. am all about Wolverine and it's like people love to hate Wolverine, but he is that <laughs> guy. Okay. Like, let's be real here. Wolverine is that guy. He is the X-Man. He is the you, best. He when is. you say Wolverine, you mean uh, Laura Kenny? I mean, that's the She's Wolverine I know. She's great too. She is great. But there's something about James Logan Howlett <laughs> that will always put him at number one. All right. He is just that guy. And, um, you know, a lot of people think he's overexposed, even though I don't think he's been too, like, bad during this whole Krakoa era. I think he's. No, he hasn't. Yeah. I feel like I mean, a lot of people, like, they're tired of him, but, like, he's kind of really only in his two books. And it's yeah. like, if he is in something else, his role isn't really that big, or he's pretty much giving way to somebody else. Um, and so, yeah, Percy does a really good Wolverine, so I think it's always good for that. Um, so I enjoy them. We also meet Solemn, who are one of okay. the, yeah, Iraqi sword bearers. Um, he's really great. He's very, like, snide, fun, uh, gay energies. He reminds me a lot of what you'd kind of expect Dakin to be. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, like with uh, without being like a douchebag. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or um, I'm trying to think of like your lovable kind of like antihero villain guy that you like. Okay. But not Loki. Okay. So I don't want to use that one exactly, but there's one I sure I can think of. Oh, Spike from Buffy. Ah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That's that's the energy that you get. Um, so he's a really fun guy, and it was really cool to meet him and get his story. He looks cool, um, so I'm excited to see more of him. And I'm excited to see more of the Sorbers in general. Um, we also get a little peek at war. I know you're all about war. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> She's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's exciting. And I, I, I'm just really enjoying the story. I know a lot of people... Um, I necessarily don't really think Wolverine's had to be two parts, but I'm not mad that it was. So the whole story spanned over Wolverine and X Force. Like, did it feel yeah. like did it feel like two parts? Um, yeah, it did. Okay. Yeah. Again, it, it didn't need to be. I definitely feel like it could have been done in one issue, and they could have like used the second one for whatever. Um, but again, I'm a Wolverine guy. It was a good Wolverine story. I'm going to take it. Yeah. Very so, cool. How was that? And, um, oh, yeah, and the last book on the list is Marauders number 13, which was a really huge hit. Yeah. Um, Vita Ayala actually comes in as the writer on this issue. Yes, yes. And they were fantastic, really great. Yeah, what a fantastic job they did. I um, That was, like, probably the best storm I've read in... Yes. <laughs> it's been it's been some it's been some time. This 
this storm story that they gave them was uh so interesting finally for her you know like yeah uh, you you know storm kind of always lives in that that space of being both mutant and uh like a black woman yeah uh and she and you know she kind of was at this like point where you kind of had to be they were going to come to a head which in my opinion we kind of always expected uh, you know from from the moment wakanda didn't sign the krakoa treaty there was obviously going to be some some kind of you know clash between her and storm specifically and wakanda yeah absolutely uh and i thought that the way that that whole dynamic was handled was really interesting yeah it was really great um and I think it was just a great way to kind of, you know, you can tell it was almost done to separate Storm from Black Panther for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, and, you know, I don't know how everybody feels about that, but um, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, you know, I'm okay with it. Um, you, you know, mutants rock. So yeah. good for that. Um, but again, I, I thought it was pretty well done in the way they did it. I thought it was kind of weird that, Storm couldn't get the sword for whatever reason without T'Challa's approval. Yeah. Um, because it, I mean, I felt it felt like they were really pressing the tradition of yeah. Wakanda that you know that the sword couldn't basically be touched by anyone but the king. Yeah, and that was just kind of weird to me because I felt I don't know I felt like they've the last few Black Panther runs have kind of moved away from like the normal tradition like they still have tradition but it's also like we need to update it to make a little bit more sense. But I don't know, yeah. whatever, again, I'm not that mad at it. It was just a separation one from Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, again, cool. I'm, not mad, I'm not that mad at that, so. Yeah, and I, and again, I just really like the voice that um, Vita had for Storm. It was just a really well-written Storm. She felt confident, nurturing, a little bit scary, but like still approachable, but still also yeah. like, don't mess with her and you know it's hard for somebody to get all of that in storm in one yeah it was really cool to see her both carrying side her thief roots (laughs) you know and still have her her be like really badass with her powers at the same time i thought that was really cool yeah she did a lot of great work there i love that one so shout out to them i love this event i really do too i'm really enjoying x of swords like it's good and it's it just feels good and i think because this is the xbox first real big event too yeah this is the first like crossover event and so it's just like yes like it's actually like all coming together and it's just like flowing do you does it feel like a crossover event to you um i think it will more um once we see more of the actual characters together yeah yeah definitely Um, uh right now again it feels very questing singular focused on whoever getting their swords, um, which again, I re- I'm really into, I'm, I'm loving the questing event. I don't think we'll actually really start seeing people together until after the stasis issue. Oh, okay, yeah, when everyone is finally getting the swords and yeah. the battle But starts. also, I do love the panels of them like standing on the circle with their swords. <laughs> <laughs> and my girl Magic has just been sitting there since the beginning, because I'm she heard that prophecy and was like, well, I know that's me, so. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, okay, standing here, I'm into it. It's just like, we're just going to stay here for a few days. That's cool. Um, so yeah, I'm into it. I love it. It's great. It's been great. Yeah, Exosword is oh. awesome. 
Awesome. All right. Um, well, those are all the issues for the week. So I guess we'll go ahead and take a little break. Yeah, let's do it. Right, so this week um, there were quite some shifting announcements in mm-hmm. in like the comic books superhero world, <laughs> and <laughs> so one of them, which was I, I'm kind of excited for, but a little cautious about, was the announcement for the Green Lantern HBO Max series. Oh, yeah. Now you know me; I love the cosmic, yeah. like superhero stuff out there and mm. green lantern is probably my favorite corner of the dc right. universe so i'm super excited for the green lantern being brought to live action uh, okay. and on hbo max and you know hopefully given some kind of budget mm-hmm. and so they they said that the show was going to include uh guy gardner jessica cruz uh simon baz and alan scott um, in the series. I'm not sure if they're going to do some kind of like anthology series or just make mm-hmm. all of them, you know, recruit The course members together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which could be interesting to see. My biggest worry is that it's also being kind of done by the Arrowverse team. Oh. Like, I think Guggenheim is uh, Mark Guggenheim oh. is in this. So I'm like, hmm. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Um. So one on the Green Lantern show, I would love it. Um, love that cast. Um, yeah, definitely. God, uh, of course, I'm going to be sad that John Stewart isn't in there because he is like my Green Lantern. Um, but oh, same. But I mean, they I, haven't really announced like who all was going to be in it. I yeah. Maybe, you know, Hal Maybe. and John will be in there, but they just announced those five for sure would be. Um, but like, I also love, like, I'm a Guy Gardner fan. Uh, I, know, well, I know I know he's a little what? divisive to people, but Guy Gardner is like, I love, I love a lovable idiot. And like, so the Justice League International run. Um, okay, oh yeah. If, of, of course you did. <laughs> of course, of course I did. You know I did. Um, that features Guy Gardner is like a main member. He's dating Ice. It's like he's great. He is just he's a lovable idiot. And it's like I, as soon as I saw that name, I was like, yeah, that's what I get. Um, when it comes to it being a kind of like the Arrowverse part of it, eh, I'm not the biggest Mark Guggenheim fan personally. So yeah. He also um, wrote X-Men Gold, right? Um, yeah. So, so here's my thing about Mark Guggenheim. Um, I don't... I'm trying to see how to say this. I don't necessarily think he's a bad writer. I just don't think he writes anything memorable. Like, the stories are very right. kind of just, like, basic, run-of-the-mill um, n- nostalgia. Yeah, definitely. Just, and it's just like no it's just like we don't need this we don't need this like what we this regurgitation of what we've already had um so uh that's how i feel about him i've watched a couple of arrow shows um they're fine i think they're fun they're okay i mean i only really kept up with the first i would say the first couple seasons of each show that they've had i can agree and i haven't watched since 
though. <laughs> I will lie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have not watched since. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I can agree with that. I, I watched a couple of seasons of Arrow. Um, they were fun. They were fine. They were good. The first like three, I think. I never watched any after that. I think um, I bad. They got bad after that. The Flash. I've seen some clips. <laughs> that mean. That's more than enough. <laughs> Star Girl gets good reviews, so shout out to them. Yeah, I've heard that was pretty good. Black Lightning is good. I do watch Black Lightning. I don't know. Is that considered Arrowverse? Because I mean, they've crossed over, haven't they? I think so. I'm not sure how that series actually fits into with the rest of it because I don't think Black Lightning ever appears for like the big crossover events. Black Lightning is great. So yeah, I watched that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of it. They got that going on for them. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, but I mean, you know, we'll I'm see. definitely excited for the series. The Green Lantern series should be good. I think. I think the Green Lantern does work as a TV series. Um, I'm just worried for the effects and all that kind of stuff. Mm, yeah. You know, since it is set out in space and they have these lantern rings and all these different abilities, so. Because it's be like, are they going to give them the most like basic type of lantern forms? Are they going to be doing mm-hmm. just a lot of shields and beams? Are they actually going to right. go really big with it? Um, and then they're supposed to be in space, so that's going to be expensive too. Exactly, and they are. It's a streaming like TV series, so I'm not sure what they're going to like give for a budget there. So mm. either way, I I'm would, excited. I would, I would appreciate. I wouldn't mind a very well done one and done series kind of like how they did with Watchmen. oh yeah just like give it a big budget let it do its big thing one great season be done. done yeah yeah i'm okay with that i obviously want more <laughs> <laughs> really i'm not gonna agree with, fully agree with that one so <laughs> i want all the all the lantern <laughs> you know it's like i'm okay with that so you know when it comes to legends you know i like the dark stars of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Dark Stars. They're a little cool, little anti-Lantern group. Um, which I need to go back and read one of those Lantern runs that brought them back. Yeah, that was, I, I think Jeff Johns may have brought them was back. That, was that Johns? Yeah, we should do another, we should do, after maybe John X of Swords or something, we should do a, like a reading club of lantern stuff or something yeah because there's a lot of lantern stuff to go through yeah all right i'm down for that i like that so speaking of like space and cosmic stuff and i guess more magic-y uh mm-hmm. dr strange is going to <laughs> is going to make a cameo in spider-man 3 oh yes i did see that yeah uh, do you think this is a multiverse thing or do you think this is just a, hey, we have to show everyone that this is all connected? Mm, I think it's a bit of both. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like we already know we're getting the multiverse of madness. Um, and I feel like they also kind of want to give, wasn't, didn't that article say that they wanted to kind of make Doctor Strange Peter's new mentor or something like that? Yeah, they said something about Doctor Strange being more of a mentor for Peter. Yeah. And I can I, and I can see um, them getting into that and then maybe he tries to help Peter with the whole his identity was revealed. 
Yeah, I know that that was a thing that happened in the comics that Doctor yeah. Strange was able to help him get his secret identity back. Yeah, so they'll like get into that maybe, and then like they'll kind of dip and dive into the multiverse. I don't necessarily want them to do that just yet. Are you a fan of multiverse stories or of the multiverse? It, it depends. Uh, so for me, I I enjoy the like randomness of it and what you can do for it. Yeah. Um, but I don't really like getting duplicates of characters. Yeah, me neither. So it's just like, I feel like when you kind of just have like too many of the same one running around, it's just kind of like, okay, I don't need this. Yeah, I agree. So we're going to get it. Uh, and like I said, I don't know if I wanted to spread, because again, we know we're getting it from Doctor Strange, but I don't know if I'm ready for it to spread out into everybody else just yet. Yeah, I agree. I would rather it just, I hope in the thing in the in the movies is kind of a one and done kind of thing and that we don't always travel to and from the multiverse and like make this a mm-hmm. a common thing oh well you know that they're saying that uh the the i saw one of the rumors is that the next big storyline is of course supposed to be like secret wars oh that would be dope i'm a fan yeah. of secret wars hey, that was a good one I won't lie. that was like one of the first uh crossovers i think i ever read as a kid was secret really wars. yeah oh wow okay that's cool that was a good event yeah and by Secret Wars, I mean the original Secret Wars, the uh, the one from the eighties. Where like Betsy and Moon Dragon was teaming up. <laughs> no, that was no, no, that was that, that was, was um, the, Infinity. Yeah, that was the Infinity Saga. This was with uh, the Beyonder like smashing all those worlds together, and he wanted to see like the good versus evil, and who would Infinity win. Saga was better. <laughs> the x-men were in it and they were also like really cool in it uh it was a really great story good times yeah um, okay so there have been some changes of movies and when they're going to come out you know with everything going on it seems like everything's getting pushed back mm-hmm. uh the the flash has moved back from june 3rd wow. to november 4th 2022 Shazam 2 has moved back from November 2022 to June 2023. And Black Adam, which we just talked about and getting super excited for, has now been completely taken off of their schedule. What's going on? You know, again, I I feel like we talked about this a little bit. It's kind of like these companies need to figure out what they're going to do about these movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are currently in a pandemic <laughs> that yeah. shows no time of stopping anytime soon. And even if it does, it has completely changed our nation, um, the, the entire world. And so it's like people aren't, go- I don't, I personally don't feel like people are going to flock to theaters the way that they have in the past. No. Um, and if they, it's just going to be a completely different experience. So these companies have to figure out a new way to give these people or to just push the product, whether it is giving it to streaming or doing something else. Like you can't just keep pushing your movie back. Now with DC, I don't know if you can necessarily say that's due to the pandemic and COVID and all that stuff, because it's kind of been a shit show over there for a while. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, that could just be icing on the cake. But obviously that plays a big part in it, I feel like, for a lot of these things. So it's just like, 
you got to figure out something like if we have to just embrace streaming and people are going to have to do like watch parties and something like that for the time being okay you have to do that um but you just pushing your movies back more and more and more and more and more it's like what are you going to do exactly at this point just don't make the movie exactly and and the movies that i feel like they're pushing back are are movies that people would actually go and pay see for yeah, yeah i feel like if they did go the whole streaming route and just wanted people to kind of do a, a video on demand pay for it right then and there i think a lot of these movies people would actually want to pay I for would, it. i would absolutely pay for black adam to see aldis hodge as hawkman yeah uh, duh yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> oh that yes it's <laughs> like not even a question like they could tell me it's 50 dollars. all right you got it like man, I'm, getting, I'm on my way <laughs> <laughs> it's like here's my account information you're getting it like yes um so it's just i don't know it's but again with dc wbdc it's been a weird thing they've kind of been like in flux they keep throwing so many movies out there so many ideas so all this stuff and it's just kind of like i don't know what's happening yeah, I think they need to figure some things out. And maybe they just need more time to figure some things out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> like whatever happened to the um the Batgirl movie that got announced, whatever happened to the Nightwing movie? Yeah. Is working on New Gods with Tom King, which I think is still happening. Tom King still tweets about that on occasion. Um right. so I know he's like still writing stuff for that. But it's just like you guys just keep like tossing all this stuff out there's really no clear plan and it was like cool you kind of said that your movies were just going to be their own thing you know the multiverse exists in the dc universe that's kind of how the movies were going to be i was even here for that i was like yes the snyderverse is going to be different from the uh Madison, robert pattison batman universe like yeah yes. like that's cool i get down with that because that means i can get a different aquaman at some point in time <laughs> <laughs> Shady. It's, it's just like yes let's go that route um but it's like even though they say it i don't know if they feel confident in it yeah and so it's just kind of like i don't know guys it, it, who who's dropping the ball who is not doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah i feel like they're just not making i feel like they're making announcements but not actually moving forward on a lot of things exactly it's like you know? you, you want to keep exciting people um but it just doesn't look good it just looks messy. It feels messy. But you know who is moving forward on something, and that is uh, Invincible. Are you a fan yeah. of the Invincible comic? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I've read um, a couple of the trades of it, and it was always very good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So they are coming out with a animated series on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. Uh, it's going to be written written by the same writers of the of the comic. Uh, which is awesome, in my opinion, <laughs> you know, yeah, keeping so. that same creative team. And the trailer looked awesome. I thought it I loved really the animation. Did. I love that animation style. It was really, really good. And you know I'm a sucker for a good animation style, um, especially one that's, like, very fluid and kinetic and, it, like, shows fight scenes very well. It's like, yeah, like, this is great. Yeah. This is great. Uh, so I'm excited. For it. I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah, I hope that this actually starts to usher in more animated series for yeah i was i was just thinking about that not too long ago how i would really love you know since they can't really film a lot of things obviously like to kind of start pushing some animated series again yeah i'm a huge fan of animation and i would love for there to be a lot more of new animated content that's kind of based off these comic books because i mean i it we gotta be honest it will work so much better for so many people definitely for sure 
Um, and of course you can still make your live action ones as well. So it's like, it's fine. You can have both, like they can all exist. Um, how many types of Star Wars content do we have? Exactly. So it's just like, yeah, like let's get back onto that train. I need some new cartoons. I would love obviously a new X-Men cartoon. That's oh, all yeah. That's uh, that has to be coming. It has to be. It's uh, We're overdue for one. Yeah. Um, I even would have loved like an animated Green Lantern series. Oh yeah, that also needs to happen. If you ain't, whoever wants it to make it happen, please do, <laughs> because I want it. <laughs> I need to learn how to draw, so I can become an actor. <laughs> that is truly the only way. Like, so I just need to do it myself. Uh, so yeah, that is everything that went on this week that I really wanted to talk about with mm-hmm. with y'all. It was a well, that was good. All right. Let's take another little break. Let's take a break. All right, all right, all right. We are back and it is now time to relaunch. Let's get into the relaunch. So I can go first, and my relaunch character is, okay, I know I've talked about not liking super overly powerful characters, mm-hmm. but, and I don't really consider him, you know, overpowered. He's just powerful. Okay. <laughs> and that is going to be someone who I've really learned I love a lot, and that's Exodus, um, or Paris St. Benet. <laughs> okay. I mean... I don't know. Exodus feels a little overpowered. He he's a very powerful. He's an he's an omega level telekinetic. <laughs> yes, you know, and he has uh, he's able to teleport as well. Uh, and he is he's strong, but he isn't. He's not like you know wrecking whole planets and uh, okay. and you know okay rip, that is true. doing all that. <laughs> I'll give you that. You know? I'll give you that. He's he's got he's got some some kind of boundaries. Um, he, so his, his backstory is interesting. He is actually from the 12th century. Um, and he was friends with the character Black Knight, which, uh, his, one of the Black Knight's ancestors, actually. Mm -hmm. He was friends with them. And in this weird, you know, comic book type story, (laughs) the, Mm -hmm. the Black Knight of our time got cast back in time and went into the Black Knight of the 12th century and <laughs> of course <laughs> and uh he actually went on this adventure with exodus exodus was trying to find this like the tower of babel and the one to get this like power uh he was kind of a a knight back then okay. um and black knight didn't really want to go and, and this was cersei from the eternals um mm-hmm. she also was with black knight they were lovers oh. and uh yeah, so Exodus wanted to go on this like mission to find the Tower of Babel, and mm-hmm. uh, he wanted to bring the Black Knight with him. And the Black Knight was like, "I know I don't really want to go." And Exodus said, "Well, I can go on my own. I know this is I know I'm meant for greatness." Okay. Um, and that's kind of been his whole mantra: is he knows that he was meant to be something great and to like help bring up the people he feels are also great, okay. namely mutants. Hey. Um, 
<laughs> you know? And in his backstory, he goes off and tries to find this tower. It gets uh, a, this big boulder, starts to fall towards him. He hears a voice that tells him that, you know, you actually have this power deep within you. Uh, stand strong. And he stops yeah. the boulder using his telekinesis. And that's how his mutant powers are kind of activated there. Okay. Uh, turns out the voice that was talking to him was Apocalypse. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Love to hear it. And Apocalypse kind of, you know, helped him get activate his telekinesis and get more powerful with it. And that's how he became Exodus. Oh, okay. Uh, he, uh, unfortunately, he ended up uh, being trapped in a, like, coffin that Exodus, I'm sorry, that Apocalypse trapped him in after being betrayed by the Black Knight. Uh, you know, he helped his friend, even though he should have been helping Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Apocalypse, of course, you know, he don't play that <laughs> and felt he's like not nice to he's not with it. Though. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so he trapped him in this coffin and made him stay there forever until, of course, our time when he was, uh, op- the coffin was opened by Magneto. And uh, that's how he ended up becoming, you know, part of the mainstay here. He ended I love up be- that interconnectivity of like, just the more right? you know, like, <laughs> right? Black Knight, Exodus, Apocalypse, like everybody knows everybody around here. Yeah, and I really hope that if in the Eternals movie, if Black Knight is in it, if they have some kind of hint at Exodus being in this movie, that would be mm-hmm. super dope. Okay. Um, so that's kind of his past. He ended up being a big zealot for Magneto. And, you know, some, in most instances, he's been kind of the villain. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit. He's, he's done some villainous things in the past, you know, like he kidnapped Quicksilver's daughter. Um, Good old Luna. She's Luna, great. because at the time, she, he thought she was a human, which was a disgrace to Magneto's line. <laughs> and he's loyal. He was, you gotta he give him was that. with that. Yeah, he's if he's if there's one thing about Exodus, you know, he's gonna ride. <laughs> he's ride or die. Um, right. He's riding for the cause. Uh, so yeah, he for the most part had been like the major acolyte for Magneto. Right. And uh, he was kind of his big spokesperson for when Magneto kind of went into a coma and he was the person that spoke for Magneto. During that time, the whole like, you know, Avalon Asteroid M era <laughs> of the X-Men. Yes. Good times. Um, and the 90s. fast forward to the most recent thing I think people may remember him from was after Xavier was shot in the head, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Exodus was the one to fix his brain. He uses his telekinesis uh, and fixed his brain, healed him up, and helped him, you know, get things back together with, of course, the help of Emma Frost. That was um, Mike Carey's X-Men Legacy, right? Yes, it was. Yes, uh, shout out to again, that. Again, Mike Carey, you know. <laughs> Talk about a genius, okay? Uh, yeah, bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, like, really, bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and currently, he, he, of course, was also invited to come to Kokoa, and he mm-hmm. is on the council. You know, give it up for that. Okay, uh, he's uh, he's loyal. He 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 deserves. He does. He is on the council and is an omega level telekinetic. And where I would relaunch him is I would give him a completely new look uh, because he's been wearing the same costume since he's <laughs> since he debuted <laughs> in the nineties. 
and uh, give him a fresh new look and a new perspective on what it is for Krakoa okay. and make make that his Magneto, you know? Mm-hmm. Make him more of a champion of Krakoa instead of Magneto and kind of what Krakoa stands for. Okay. Um, and and have him, again, become the leader of, of an Acolytes team that is their mission for Krakoa is to, you know, bring quote-unquote justice for Kokoa, so they will okay. go out and, you know, keep the peace. Okay. I like it. Exodus, so, yeah. Acolytes. That's where I would relaunch him. The, basically, like, the captain of the of the Acolytes, the leader of their I'm, team. I'm into that. I like it, especially with the costume bit, because like you said, he definitely needs a new one. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> okay. So who are you doing this week? Um, so I'm not really doing a person. Mine is more of a team. I don't even know if you could really call it a relaunch. It's kind of like, kind of like, I guess it is a reboot, relaunch. It's kind of happening, mixing some new stuff in. Um, so basically it's Heroes for Hire. Oh, yes. Um, I like that. Yeah. So Heroes for Hire is a concept and team that I have always really, really enjoyed. It never seems to take off in the Marvel Universe. Um, I just don't think, honestly, it's really a marketable thing. Like, I have to pay these people to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, but so Heroes for Hire was created obviously in the seventies um, in Power Man and Iron Fist number 54 um, by Ed Hannigan and Lee Elias. You know, they were basically uh, what it says, Heroes for Hire. Like you would hire them to protect you, bodyguards, things like that. But I think you kind of take the concept into this part where these people are superheroes now. And superheroes kind of saying you have to buy us doesn't really feel like it rings true. Um, and unless you make them investigators or something like that. And at that point, yeah. it's no longer really heroes for hire. It's something else. Yeah. Um, they become so like detectives I, at that point. Yeah, exactly. So um, in 2010, there was actually a series that spun out of the Shadowland event that ran in Daredevil. It was written by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning with art by Brad Walker. And basically that run of Heroes for Hire was more of like a big operation network. Um, Misty Knight, who was mind controlled in the beginning of it, but she got out of it. Um, She would like, it basically used any hero available in the marvel universe and that's nice i love a good rotating roster yeah right and so like she would um kind of contact random people and she'd be like hello hero are you for hire Uh, (laughs) um (laughs) yeah and so she would like kind of do that um again it didn't really take off i think just because they kind of said like it was a rotating roster but like of the same like five characters so it the like it was kind of weird. Uh, it was just like, it didn't really take off that well. Uh, but again, Heroes for Hire in general never really does. And I guess for my relaunched Heroes for Hire, it would take aspects of that. I feel like there are a lot of events that happen in the Marvel Universe or any comic book universe that obviously affect everybody. I think back to Rick Remender's Captain America run when he was writing Sam Wilson and the kind of seeds of Sam and Misty Knight were being put together and he was infiltrating Hydra. And he found out Misty was also infiltrating Hydra because it was discovered that there was a Hydra agent in every single team that existed in the Marvel U. And so, yeah. And so I think about things like that. It's kind of where you have to bring these 
people together. And I know everybody loves a good X-Men and Avengers feud. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, everybody loves to see them fight. But I do often find it a lot more interesting when they get the chance to work together. So it's like, I think if you have this Heroes for Hire book and you can center around like whoever, let's say Misty Knight is the main character because obviously she's finding out about this plot. But it's like, okay, there is this big thing that is infiltrating all of us. So I need to get people to work together to get it done. But to do that, like I have to call on different people from different teams. So it's like you get a little bit of a Marvel team up feel of it. Yeah. Um, while also still getting to ask them like, hey, Hero, are you for like for hire right now? Because I need you because we got this thing that's like kind of getting to all of us and we need to get it. So it's like, again, and you can call back to like old relationships and moving forward, you could have Exodus and Black Knight on a team because of something that they have in common. So they have to like go search whatever and so it's kind of like a like a team up kind of thing yeah basically it's a little bit of like a marvel team up mixed with heroes for hire okay um because you'd get more it still would be like one big story think about how hickman's doing x-men right now it's a lot of like one and done type of stories but it's all leading to one big thing that's what this heroes for hire book would be it's like it's one big threat that we're all facing I'm just bringing you all together, hiring you for these specific missions to help us get closer to it. Because again, you don't know who you can trust for real, for real. So we got to test you all out, see who works, who doesn't. We're going to figure it out. I like because that. I just like to see heroes together. Um, yeah, so that would be them. Heroes for Hire. It's just, a, again, it's just something I really like. But I just, I, you just got to change a little bit because I'm not paying for, um, you know, I'm falling out of bridge or falling off the bridge <laughs> and like Captain Marvel saves me and then she's like, all right, that's twenty dollars. Like, whoa. <laughs> now see, why'd you have to say Captain Marvel? <laughs> You're right. She will let me fall. <laughs> see. No, she was she would save you, you know? And stand there and remind you that she did it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. She would. She's good. Uh, doesn't she have um, an issue coming out next week? Yes, what she does she? have a book next week. Yes. Oh, Captain so, Marvel 23, 22 is out next week, y'all. Oh, we're going to get to talk about Captain Marvel. That's exciting. Yep. <laughs> I'm ready for that. That's right. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should um, cause maybe I should read that. Maybe, you, should. I, you should. You uh, should. I'm going to catch you up. I'm going to get you into this, into her. You're gonna wow. see it. Watch. <laughs> you're gonna. You're gonna see. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, you guys heard it here first. Yep. <laughs> that that's an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> right. Y'all are gonna love her. Watch. Ooh, Captain Marvel's great. Is, okay. Oh, the, that that's also how we feel about She-Hulk, though. So I can. I, I Boom. Get that. <laughs> that's gonna be great. All right. All right. That brings us to the end of the episode. That is the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. As always, you can find us. I'm on Twitter at Keenan Lance underscore at the end. Yes, you can find me at, at Uncanny LZ on most social media platforms. And you can find the show at Another Relaunch. And you can also email us, email us at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. If you have any questions, anything you guys want to talk about, uh let us know we're interested in all of it so send us feedback all right bye guys bye